127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a do Is this my fault? <laughs> what? That was talking earlier. What were you talking? Oh. Oh yeah, that was you. While you were in the restroom, I don't know what this voice is. We were singing. I was singing something. Oh, my God is love. (laughs) Why is that so good? Where'd you learn this? Uh, I didn't have any friends when I was in high school. Oh, and so I learned to do a lot of really just like entertaining things, and so card tricks and uh, weird noises, and um, I juggle. I could juggle pretty good. Juggle. Um, I've seen you juggle. Yeah, but other than yeah, I mean, it was just like I was by myself a lot. So mm. Mm. it's good to have like a alternate voice you could go to that's, during a punchline of a joke. That's also very true. It's so like, no, y'all not by jet. <laughs> Excuse me. Did he say jet? No. <laughs> no, I have an alter ego as well. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> alter ego. I was just talking about a different voice, but if it's an alter ego, we have a different. Oh, we, <laughs> yeah. got a, we got a different problem. Now. I have a voice as well. No, you said ego. Ego. Oh, you have an alter ego. What's his name? His name is J I T T. Jit. J I T T. It's Jit. It's like a country ego. Yeah, it is. It comes out Sunday night. Yeah. Usually, usually, usually during Secret Hitler. Yes, I think I've true. heard this before, but I didn't know this was the yeah. alter. Yeah. yeah. So wow. There, there uh, I mean, you could probably explain this better, but there's a on the chalkboard in there. Yeah. On the youth chalkboard, there was a prayer request that just said jet. And so <laughs> like, I, I rolled. You can't say it without like, like, <laughs> a country like, accent. So I just rolled with it. Can you say jet without a country accent? Jet. Even that was country. Jet. I think it's just a okay, country wait, sorry, word. Try again. Cowboy. <laughs> Jit. <laughs> that was worse. That was worse. <laughs> the way he looked at you and goes. <laughs> like, one more time. Jit. <laughs> Jit. Is that still, it's getting better, right? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, we're here. Think of a different accent. Jite. <laughs> <laughs> You're from the north. Go give me a bag of bagels. <laughs> Oh, Jack, go give me a bag of bagels. Come on, Jack. Oh, wow. Wow. Man. That hurt my feelings. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Alter Egos. Were you uh, were you called to be JIT? <laughs> there, I knew that's where he was going. No, but I was called to be something else. Oh. Oh. What were you called to Just kidding. Yeah, well, you know, we'll go with it. What are you called to be? Well, I, th- I believe the Lord has called me into ministry. Yeah. Um, to, to be a pastor, per se. Per se. What about you, Zach? Well, uh, the Lord's done a very similar thing in my life, Mr. Jet. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah. Let's start with that. I mean, we can keep going, but yeah, I I wholeheartedly believe through lots of wrestling. Um, John was through this whole processing season uh that happened i mean it was first after we'll get into this it's like the last thing i have on here is explaining your call to ministry but um i guess the summer after freshman year um i had an internship that just like i already fell with love fell in love with serving the spring of my freshman year and then i think that summer was just like yeah this is where i'm leading you and then the following year was was a struggle which i think the Lord uses in some really sweet ways to, mm-hmm. to solidify that calling, but we'll get into that in a second. Before we before we do that, we need to we need to lay out some things, answer some questions for the people. Sure. Uh, and the first thing is is what does being called to ministry really mean? I think people kind of throw around the term, um, but what does that what does that really mean for someone to be called into ministry? Yeah, uh, that that is one difficult question. There, there, jet. Um, <laughs> yet because let's we could go back to just like hearing the audible voice of god uh podcasting listen i just go back over there 
Um, because a lot of times when you think call, then you also think here, you mm-hmm. also think like God called me, Yeah. picked up the phone. It rang. I had a conversation ring, ring, hello. and I audibly heard, um, him say this thing <laughs> to me. Yeah. I, I can't get away from that <laughs> accent. Um, and, and because, because that word, and I, I'm okay with the word, um, being called to the ministry, um, because of the weight that it carries, then a lot of times we have this idea that that the person being called to ministry is this elite Christian um, who is in the un- untouchable category. Varsity Christian. Yeah, he's just, he, he, he made it um, to, to pro ball at that point. Um, that he had this vision from God or audibly heard from God and has this unwavering confidence that he, that God is calling him to do these specific things for the rest of their lives. And I think that that can be the story to, mm-hmm. for some people. Um, I don't know any of those people and it wasn't my story and it hasn't been the story of anybody that uh, I've walked beside um, or I've got to lead um, in that. And, and this, I mean, we had, I worked with 19 interns my when I was Gosh. in college um, when we were working with our student ministry. And, and I went back and kind of like went through the gamut of all mm-hmm. of those people. There were of those 19, three of us went into ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, full time. And I'm the only one that is still in ministry. And that's not a, that's not like a that's brag a or anything that, that if it is a flex, then okay. <laughs> but, but, it, but like guys that did really, yeah. really great things, girls that did really great things. Um, and then the Lord just led them into to different spaces um, in there. And so, so we have to be careful with, with that calling thing, because it's just a, it's just a difficult thing. Cause I can argue Matthew 28, that everybody's called mm-hmm. um, uh, into ministry. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of why we function the way that we do within our college ministry is trying to equip and encourage students to find their place to serve and to, to do ministry. We, we run a college ministry, not a college group. Mm. And, and so Mm. that allows them to, to function in that space. But then there are those that have been set aside. Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird way to say that, but there are those that the Lord has gifted to be pastors and to be teachers of the Bible in spaces and to be full-time missionaries. Um, and, and sometimes we, those would be, we say there, those are vocational. Mm -hmm. And so my calling, the, the calling is for everyone. I'm going to say that. Um, but your giftedness is going to be different. And and so for those of you that have the gift of ministry, uh, Mm -hmm. that, so that's Ephesians four, uh, and he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be, uh, shepherds and teachers, but it, it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. He gives those people with those gifts. He doesn't give those, I mean, he gives those gifts, but he gives those people with those gifts to the church. Mm-hmm. And so the, my call to ministry involved, and I think this should be everybody's called to ministry, a deep love for the church, yeah. Yeah. local and global, but a deep love for the church with a passion to build up the church, to build up the body of Christ with my gifts. Yeah. That's, that's more of the calling side of it. Yeah. I agree. Thanks. (laughs) Fully. Yeah. So we kind of, you hit on these, uh, the idea of vocational ministry versus, um, the ministry that everyone is is called into. And so, Um, I want to head on the ladder first. Uh, so what kind, what kinds of ministry is everyone quote unquote called to? I think we're like, everyone's called into ministry. Like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, I'm called into ministry. Cool. What is, what's the application? I mean, obviously second Corinthians five, uh, we're, we're ministers of reconciliation. Uh, God uses you. We talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago, but God uses you to make his appeal through, through you to other people. Um, as a way to bring the gospel to them. So in, in that way, you're ministering to other people. Um, <clears throat> something I, I've been encouraged by and just I've learned really well by a lot of older people in our church, but that everyone can minister to their family. Mm. That's that's a way that every believer can minister to, to because your parents need ministry, your, your siblings need ministry. Um, hopefully, if God gives you a spouse, your spouse will need ministry and your kids will need ministry as well. And so I think even in that, that is a ministry. Yeah. Um, I think those are a few things. And then your co your coworkers as well. Even if you're not vocationally mm. um, a, a minister, you are um, you being used by God to make his appeal to them through Christ. That's good. 
Yeah, that, that's just Matthew 28. I mean, you're, you're called, I mean, you'd, you'd say like the work of the evangelist, um, sort of without the gift of evangelism for a lot of people going and, and you're involved in discipleship, which is part of, I mean, salvation is discipleship. Um, and then continuing uh, to, to teach all that God has commanded that starts in family, that starts in close friends for college mm-hmm. students, that starts in your circle um, to that's what your ministry looks like. The Lord widens that into spaces, stirs your affection for, for other people. And, um, part, I think ministry is following Jesus well and, and allowing him to turn your head into spaces where he wants you to look. And, and so that, that would be the non-vocational side, side of ministry. That's good. Yeah. And, I'm going to kind of push this a little bit. Um, and you've said this before, but, um, sometimes I, I think the people who aren't called to quote unquote vocational ministry mm-hmm. have some of the biggest impacts on, on the kingdom and people that mm-hmm. are impacted by the gospel. And, uh, you've mentioned this a couple of times, like you're just so isolated in this space. Um, sure. that may not be the right word, but I'm surrounded by believers mm-hmm. when you, when you come to work and you go home to a family of believers and, yeah. uh, the most interaction I feel like you get is like going to lunch or, um, mission trips. And so it's a lot of like these, these picked apart, um, areas of, of ministry. And so the people who, you know, are working, I'm going to use this word lightly, but regular jobs or office jobs, like those people are the people that have impacts on, on the kingdom, uh, because they're the ones inviting people to, 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 you know, uh, Bible study groups and to church Sunday morning and to any other worship gathering. And so, um, they're the ones that are, honestly, like in the mission field, um, mm-hmm. because I think we overlook what we call the mini- or the, the, the field of ministry. Um, and we restrict it to overseas. We restrict it to a week long mm-hmm. trip and not, man, it's every day. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, um, a, a, an easy way to apply this is just like the ministry of the body of Christ is to make Jesus known. Uh, and first Corinthians 12, 22 says on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. For one another. And so it's this one idea it's this idea that, uh, like you had said, God uses um, those who maybe aren't called to vocational ministry to do things in ministry that we as vocational ministers cannot do mm-hmm. um, so that the body of Christ is built up and so that the kingdom, so that the world is impacted. Because like you had said, that there are certain spaces that we as future pastors and, and John as a pastor just can't reach. Yeah. And yet you, God is using you once again to, to make an appeal to your coworkers, engineer, to, to your coworkers, teachers, um, that, that we simply, mm-hmm. that we can't, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it, it's good for us to understand, um, the, the only reason, the difference between ministry and vocational ministry, if, if we're drawing that line, um, Paul, Paul was really good to be like, Hey, uh, we, my job is dealing with death and life mm. who is, who is sufficient to bring life to life from death is I think that's second Corinthians too. Um, and, and so even asking that question, who's, who's sufficient for these things? Because he goes on to say that, that all of my ministry that I do is because of God's grace. It's by mm. the, uh, was that uh, second Corinthians one twelve? it's by the grace of God that I even have this ministry. Um, and, and uh, then later on in Second Corinthians, I, I like that chapter. He's a lot of question and answer. He said, the only reason that I even do this ministry is because of the sufficiency of Christ in me, um, the sufficiency that comes from God. And so we're not sufficient in ourselves. There's not a, there's not a sufficient pastor. There's not a sufficient missionary that's being sent. There's not a, not a, not a sufficient Christ follower. Yeah. Uh, and on this planet, we can't do that. And so even the people that are like, super Christian called to ministry. It's not a thing. Mm. Um, it's because of God's grace that I get to do what I do. Yeah. And it's because of God's grace that future doctor gets to do what he does and future engineer and, and all of mm. those that these college students that we get to rub shoulders with are being sent into places. I mean, yeah. I, I put it out there. Here, here's the thing. Our ministry is about equipping people who aren't called into vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. There are those, and there's an attrition of pastors um, around the world. And so we're raising the bar and like, if you're called step out, 
Um, and, and we're seeing that in some spaces, um, but you're still the minority mm-hmm. by a long, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, you're, we're kind of like a 98, 2% is about where we're at. So you're, you're, um, and so Down even, numbered. so like, if you say, Hey, I'm part of the 2% that makes you kind of an elitist. It doesn't 2%. <laughs> um, but that's kind of a negative thing here. Um, and, but even in that yeah. everyone's sufficiency is, is because of God. Um, it's just vocationally, you have a little bit of a, a little bit of a shift. Yeah. So. Yeah. And thank you for, for shifting this part of the podcast. I gotcha. Uh, we hope that as we like transition into this next half, like if this isn't you, that you still see, uh, the ministry that God has called you into as important mm-hmm. because it is, um, mm-hmm. and in some cases it's more important. Um, and so sure. as yeah. we kind of flip on the other end of this to the vocational ministry side, how does one know that they're, they're called into... Uh, the ministry or to become a pastor or a teacher. Well, vocational ministry. We've, uh, we've talked about it a few, well, a few weeks ago. Um, John brought up the, the Matt, I think it was Matt Chandler's sermon of you're, you're, you're picking between flowers. Um, and we talked about it, I think even, um, a little bit earlier, but this idea that like you have to choose between whether you want to pursue vocational ministry or, or maybe non-vocational ministry. And I think it really just boils down to once again, um, would I have joy doing this? Yeah. And if so, there, there's nothing wrong with pursuing that because once again, we, we serve a big enough God that can redirect you if you need, if he needs to. And like John mentioned earlier with the 19 interns, um, for the other 16 people, God redirected them to do mm-hmm. something else with their life than vocational ministry. And so if, if you think that, that you could have joy doing vocational ministry, give it a shot because once again, God is big enough to redirect you. And mm-hmm. so I think that's some encourage, encouragement. Um, but also, once again, like know that it is tough and know that um, John says it all the time, but ministry is hard because people are hard. And so um, only do vocational ministry if, if you're ready for the challenge is what mm. I'd say as well. Mm. Ready for the challenge. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's simplify it. God often works. And, and directs in very ordinary ways. Mm. We we will often like long for the miraculous, yeah. celebrate the miraculous Bible story. We, um, it's like, hey, in order for me to, to be a full-time vocational minister, I need you to go ahead and part the Red Sea and I'll walk across it um, kind of moment. But, but in his function, it's normally ordinary. Mm. And so those of you that are, that are there that have already made the decision or, or you have a, have a sense I would say, are you prayerfully considering it? Like, are you just praying about this? Yeah. Are you honestly going, God, would you please just direct my next steps? And and even when I've been a fool in ministry and, and God has been really good to just direct me into spaces. Yeah. And I've, I, I think I've held things loose enough and I've been open-handed and allowed him to turn my head wherever he wanted to. Um, and he's just been really good to do that. Uh, but a lot of that just started with, with prayer. And then in that, I would say like, as, as you're prayerfully considering that, inviting God into that space, do you have a heart for the local church? Mm -hmm. Do you have a heart for God's word to be taught? Do you have a a heart for, for the local church to be built up, to encourage people to serve um, with her, to lead in those spaces? That's, that's part of it. You're passionate about speaking the Bible over people. You're passionate about teaching in that space. You're passionate about encouraging people um, in that. And if those things are true, then I would be like, yeah, then you probably have that. And and I get myself in the trouble sometimes because even with our with our interns and I did this with premarital and I have to release this from some of you guys. I'll say like it's my goal during premarital to break you up. Mm-hmm. It's not my literal goal. Like I'm I'm overstating that, so yeah. I have to uh, apologize for that sin. Um, my goal is to ask you the hard questions, make you think about some things, mm-hmm. so that when you do take that step, you're prepared. Yeah. And it's the same thing with with people that are called to ministry. We want to we want to put you in spaces where you're going to go this is hard. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to sugarcoat what we do. Yeah. Um, but, but there people do that with their majors. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be a doctor until you start going through pre-med stuff. And you're like, I hate AMP. I'm done. <laughs> Out. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so that we will do that also. I mean, mm-hmm. the more so than any job, um, and not to belittle all the other jobs, but, but what, what Christ has called us to do in the church, um, requires like faithful, committed, called mm-hmm. people, um, to roll into that space. And so we want you to see, like, if you're going, I think maybe I'm called to ministry, then yeah, come and come and walk beside us and see if yeah. you're called to do ministry. And if you have a, a passion for the bride, passion to equip people to follow, passion to teach God's word um, out loud with people, 
and encouraging them in that. So it's prayer, it's desire, it's people around you um, mm-hmm. who are going, Hey, like I could see you doing mm-hmm. that. Let those three things really come alive in you um, and test that and see if he puts you in that space. Yeah. God takes this way too serious to kind of like make that mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and we could, we could argue and you probably can win. Like there's been some horrible church leaders and there's yeah. been some people that have, have found their way into ministry that, that have blown the whole thing apart. Mm. But I can also, I'm going to be careful here. Maybe not. I can also look at their lives and go, but look at some of these. Yeah. Like, I mean, David did that. Like in our context, if David did what he did, he wouldn't exist in a church anymore. Mm. Um, and that can't be our metric. It's like, Hey, you know, if you can commit adultery and murder and you can still be a pastor, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. Um, but God restores and redeems before and after. And so there are men that he have used, he's used in faithful ways that have that they were authentic in, in their leadership and have done incredible things for the kingdom. And then they fail. And, and a lot of times we, we look at that and we go, their entire ministry is now forfeited. It, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was just a lie when that's not actually true. Yeah. Um, and so he's used on both sides of that. Uh, and so he's, he's not going to make a mistake when it comes to his bride. Mm. Yeah. Another thing that, that I've seen uh, within this figuring out call to ministry, um, it, I, th- I think people put, rightfully so, put a lot of pressure on it. Uh, but I sure. think people are trying to figure out their entire life story when they try to figure out a calling into ministry um, mm. of, of saying, if I'm going to be a pastor, I got to do it my entire life. So I got to figure out... Am, can I do this my entire life? Mm. Um, When a lot of times, like you were saying, there's a ton of people that step into ministry. They faithfully serve. uh, They faithfully preach God's word. And then God takes them out of that season. And that's okay. Um, I think, you know, being okay with stepping into vocational ministry is just being okay with saying yes to what God is calling you to and taking just one next step of faithfulness. And so um, I've just seen that of, of people like trying to figure out their entire, and it's not just like vocational ministry. It's I think just college in general, trying to figure out uh, your entire life. Um, and so just taking the next step is, is important, um, yeah. a faithful one at that. And so with that, taking a next step, uh, if people are like, yes, I, I believe I'm called into vocational ministry, where, where do they start? Like what's, what's kind of the first step they can, they can take, uh, whether that be like here specifically at our church or just like generally speaking, like what's kind of the, you know, the initiation of like, okay, I'm called, what do I do? <laughs> Well, I just want to start and say I've, I've been encouraged by a lot of the people in our ministry. Um, another voice crack. <laughs> He's going through it, guys. <laughs> I've been I've been encouraged by a lot of the people in our ministry this summer, just by um, even even those that I haven't had conversations with who who may or may not think that they're called to vocational <laughs> ministry long term. Yeah, I've taken internships and and have really just hmm. served God well this summer. And so, I, first of all, I just want to say, uh, well done. But two, I would say know your gifts uh, and don't bite off more than you can chew. Because I think it's easy to be like, oh, I, I believe I'm called into vocational ministry and just to think that you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but really know what your gifts are because um, I'm going to be honest, not not everybody has the gift of teaching. Not not everybody has the gift of speaking in large group settings. Yeah, And so really know where your spiritual gifts lie. Because once again, the spiritual gifts are not more or less important. Uh, in fact, once again, Paul teaches that the gift that will remain is love and all believers are capable of having that gift. And so I would say like, uh, even in your, your feeling called know that you really just want to, um, know where your gifts are because in my own life, I've seen, um, those who who thought they were called to worship, um, but didn't really have the gift of worship. And so I I think just know your gifts, uh, and so, and really lean into those gifts because God didn't make a mistake. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> what? First steps, man. Um, if if you have, we're just going to assume that you've prayed. Yep. That you have a you have a passion um, for the church, and you have a community who is cheering you on, who who would Supports say, it. yeah, like what you are seeing in yourself, I see in you also, because that's real important. Yeah. Um, so we, we would be like, I'm great at this. And like, mm, no, sorry. No, Cooper, your jump shot is hot trash. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you think that is so good. That thing is broke. Uh, and, and so it's important for us to have people that speak into that. Um, because mm. it, it, it also works the other way. It, I think it was that way for me. Mine was, here's my story. Mm. Uh, this is where God called. I ran from that for a long time. Um, and I had people speaking into my life going, no. Like you have a high value to the kingdom. Um, you have a high value to the local church. And yes, you could do this, 
be a doctor thing and and do fine. Mm. But I see this in you. Mm. Um, and I had already like experienced like what that call was, but I had people in my, as I was running from it going, come mm. back. A lot of our college students are running towards it and we're kind of going, okay, well, let me, yes, let's encourage you to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so at our church, um, for as a college pastor, and, and hopefully we have this conversation a lot, like we're just begging the Lord to raise up pastors in our ministry um, that serve in all kinds of missionaries and, and children's pastors and everything. Like we just want to see yeah. people raised up. Um, is, is once you've experienced those things and you're honest about that, um, then you speak, the, speak it out loud. Mm. Um, we, if, if the Lord just desires to pour, pour out his spirit in that way with us, we're getting closer to being able to, um, take you in to take on, <laughs> take on the masses. Um, but, but as we develop a residency program and then kind of supplement that with interns in other spaces and giving people the opportunity to do ministry, um, in spots there, there's going to be this thing that a lot of times you think that you, you can't get to the calling aspect of ministry without the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a thing that we're trying to navigate because yeah. I, I sort of feel that irk with people. If I'm not a resident, I don't have mm-hmm. a space, then I either have to go to another church to get that. Um, or I'm not called to ministry. And I don't think either one of those have to be true. Yeah. Like yeah. there are churches in our community that do a great job with, with residencies and internships. And if the Lord opens that up, then please like go mm-hmm. and, and make that space better. Um, but if, if that's not the case and you're contending with, with your call to ministry, especially where we're at now in college ministry with, with some of you freshmen and sophomores that are dealing with that, um, you're not going to have a spot right away. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to, want to see you continue to be a really faithful student and, and be somebody involved in our ministry and then roll up into that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and have God place you into that. But part of that will be, do you, if you love the local church and you're going to serve the church, um, for me, I, I look at students like, are they just real to, mm. to us? Are they speaking from sincerity? Are they contending with sin? Do they, uh, do they follow through with commitments? Do they um, re- like contend really well with sin? Um, do they, are they not trying to put a show on themselves? Um, th- I look at some of those things. I, I examine their speech with them, mm. the, the people that I'm going to invite into our circle. It's like, Hey, are, are you handling God's word? Well, um, are you speaking God's word with sincerity? Um, are you taking it really seriously? And, and you know, who those they're going to come to me and go, Hey, I read this. Is this right? Mm. Uh, people just contending with God's word in like really simple spaces and in difficult spaces. And then, and then a lot of this kind of boils down to, especially in a hyper academic sense, uh, or state that we're in here surrounded by in our church, even surrounded by professors and degrees and doctors and everything is that will, will you pursue God over, um, the accomplishment or over the praise of man? Mm. Um, because, my story really kind of goes into that of like being a pre-med student and, and dropping all of that and going, I'm going into ministry and mm-hmm. a lot of people going, what are you doing, bro? Fool yeah. um, for that. Um, will you even, I love this, like college students going, I'm called to ministry. Why am I paying for an education? Mm. Um, and, and there's part of that I 100% get. And there's part of that is like, well, God put you here. Yeah. And is there an alternative for you right now? Then get your degree and, and honor him with that. Um, but if it's a financial thing, then make a wise decision there. There's mm. a bunch of different ways you can go here. Mm. But if, if you're pursuing the, your Aggie ring just so that men will look at you and go, way to go, you got that, that that's not what God is calling you to. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it, but do you fear God more than you fear men? And if I mm. begin to see all of those things alive in you, yeah. and I hope it happens more and more, then those are the people that we're going to invite into our circle. And some of you will, will have a title and some of you won't. Uh, and, but you'll get to have ministry experience, um, in that space, but we won't know that unless you speak it out loud. I think God is doing this in me. Would you help? Yeah, sure. That's great. And I think just also just once again, remember that, um, even if you don't have a title that you still have a ministry to love your family, you still have a ministry to love your friends and your roommates and all these things because God has placed you there for a reason. And so use it and, and love well. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I was going to ask the question of, uh, this is the wrong terminology, but but qualifications, question mark. Uh, and I put Titus and 1 Timothy under there. Mm. Obviously, um, you know, scripture points to um, a higher responsibility of, of speech and conduct and yep. the way you handle yourself. Um, and if y'all want to add more, y'all feel free. But if not, y'all have any thoughts on that? Anything you want to add? I know you, you kind of hit on that of like stuff you look sure. for, for in people, but if y'all want to add anything there. 
Yeah, I mean, John John talked about um, above reproach. Yeah, maybe everything. it was last episode or, or a couple episodes ago, but, you know, pursue holiness because you're not going to really see Jesus if you're not pursuing holiness. And so um, a, as a pastor or someone called to vocational ministry, your your goal and your job is to point others to Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard to point others to Jesus if you're not seeing him clearly yourself, and so you've got to pursue holiness. And so that would be yeah. my my uh, qualifications for anyone who, who wants to be in vocational ministry is pursue holiness now. It doesn't start when you um, get the title, but it starts now. And so if you want to, if you want that title, you have to be pursuing holiness now. Yeah, that's good. I, I'll add to, to this. Um, there's a lot more to being a pastor than just being up on stage and, and teaching the Bible. I, I think people take notes mentally or, you know, maybe some people write them down yeah. uh, of, of the ways that you carry yourself in conversation with people after you preach a message or um, on a Wednesday, you know, afternoon when, when you're tired and you're weary um, or you're walking through challenges, like people look at the way you respond to things. Um, and, and that's how they're like, people learn most from experience. And so, mm. um, like those qualifications and that's a strong term, but, um, responsibilities might be the right, the better term there um, for, you know, someone called to vocational ministry is a lot more than just, you know, handle God's word well, but handle God's word well in the way that you live as well. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I would, um, I would be okay with even the word qualifications, um, in there. I think the Bible really does point towards that. The, the, um, the weight, the responsibility, the the calling um, to to be someone who is directly involved with the bride yeah. of Christ that he that he died for, um, that he he says the the hope of the world is going to go through that the redemption happens in that discipleship mm. mainly takes place in um, for him to put you in that position like I. I think we have to be okay with like yeah. strict qualifications. That's I think, good. I mean, we've, we've gotten to a point and it's stinking Netflix documentaries and just the, the stuff that people talk about mm-hmm. and um, the, the world that we, that we're in right now of, of seeing people fail in that space and it just mm-hmm. be putting on display. Um, this is a season where we should continue to, to raise that bar yeah. and be like, here is our standard. And we want to push people into that and we want to see the church be better um, not softer mm. in spaces. And so, so when it says like, they have to be above reproach, like that's, that's big. Yeah. Like, like that standard is so, so hard to be self-controlled, to be sensible, to be respectable, to be teachable, teachable, to handle God's word. Um, well, not quarrelsome, gentle, mm. like there's all of these things that, mm. that are really, really high up there yeah. and like standards that, that are, are challenging. Mm. Like your kids can mess this up for you. Like, like, I mean, that's the standard for some of that, the managing your own household and having respectable kids who haven't wandered from the Lord. All of those things are put before us because God takes that space seriously. Um, And and I think when you read those, you should go, oh no. Mm. Um, What God is possibly calling me to is so Mm. weighty. And, and that's an okay thing Um, because I think everyone in the circle, I don't know if you're going to ask this, um, but everyone in the circle, our call to ministry was, has been filled with some, some ups and some downs and Mm -hmm. some doubt and some questions. And and that's Mm -hmm. part of God shaping you to get ready for that space. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Y'all both have the floor to uh, explain your call to ministry. I think, I think it speaks life to people who are wrestling with it and, and may, um, you know, give them encouragement as, as you share a struggle that maybe you walk through or a doubt that you had that, that, you know, someone may be struggling with as well or walking through that's, that gives them, you know, uh, encouragement to, uh, to seek the Lord further in their call to ministry. So. Yeah, I can go first. Uh, grew up as pastor's kid, um, always in the church. Okay. And so when I, when I came to college growing, growing up, it was always, um, my dad would always say, you know, it'd be interesting if one of you guys was also in ministry or if one of you guys was also a pastor. And so I think as a kid, I always kind of just heard that and I was like, nah, that's not for me. Um, but came to college, God, God radically changed my life and, and began to wrestle with, okay, could ministry be for me? And I think um, if you know anything about my story last year, it was just a very challenging, <laughs> doubt-filled year. Uh, and I think part of that was because the wrestle was, you know, do I do ministry or do I teach? And I think um, part of my fear and frustration was just, I, I don't want to do something that God isn't calling me to. And I, I don't want to do something that I don't feel like I'm going to be satisfied with. 
And so it's, it's interesting. We talk about, you know, once again, the picking flowers, because I think for my story, I was, I was trying to decide whether or not uh, to pick these flowers or, or to pick these flowers. And so I think for my call, I realized that, Hey, God is out to bring me joy. God, God is after my joy. And so I realized like all this time I had been running away from the joy that I had in ministry because I wasn't going to experience that teaching. And so I think for me, it was, um, like sometime last year, I, I began to see like how much joy I had doing ministry. It was hard, but how much joy God was, um, giving me and how much he was shaping me to be more like him in it. And I think for me, it was that simple that I was experiencing joy, um, doing ministry that I wasn't experiencing elsewhere. And so I, I felt peace. I knew the peace of God was leading me into that situation. So that's yeah. my call. That's good. Nice. Nice. I'll, I'll try to be quick. Uh, 16 years old, campus of uh, Howard Payne University. HP. Yeah. Louis Giglio on stage. <laughs> Golly, that boy. Um, Is it a... Uh, cut off sweatshirt. Yeah, no, it was pre cut off sweatshirt days. <laughs> okay. I mean, you got to understand this was 1997. And so <laughs> true. that was a long time ago. And um, it, I, I'd learned to love the church one, which, which again, I, I said that earlier, like that's foundational. Yeah. Just, if you, if you are uh side note, like if, if you're a critique or yeah. of the church, if you get irritated at the church, if you church hop, if you um, are easily offended Mm. Um, by things that happen in the church, then this is probably not your space. Um, but, but I learned to love the church because I was surrounded by people in a small town that loved me. I think that's part of it. Um, and modeled ministry really well. I got to do a lot of things. I became the church brat. Uh, I was always, it was at my youth pastor's house more than I was at my house. And, um, and 16 years old, he invited me to, to super summer and leadership camp. And, and there just the Lord really began to stir my affections for, for ministry. And Louie told the story that was about the, the, the lamb that had wandered off and he mm. leaves the 99 goes and finds it, brings it back. But then if that, that same one leaves again, that shepherd goes and finds it and breaks its legs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then carries it and until it heals. And then that, that lamb will never leave the shepherd's side. That sheep will never leave that side. And, and I like, thankfully didn't experience the pain of it, but just really sense like God broke my legs in that point. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I just have to follow you because here's my home life. It was um, a, a, a mom who was in and out of relationships, but between 13 and 16 was in, had six different men living in my house. Um, and she was addicted to drugs. And we'd found out my dad was killed when I was 13. And um, so we were living off of really, really good Social Security mm-hmm. Army benefits that were, that were fueling her drug habits so she didn't have to have a job. And and she was known as the town drunk and, mm. and, and I was trying to be like the good kid making good grades and, mm. and being okay at sports and all those things. And so I had this life that they knew, like I was the church brat and this was my mom, um, on display. And, and so when, when the Lord said that, it was kind of clear that they're like, I, he's really my only hope. Mm. But what was wrapped up in that was just my selfish desire to be nothing like my mom. And mm. so I was going to go to be pre-med and I was going to go to med school. I was going to be a pediatrician and I was going to make a lot of money and I was going to live in a bigger town and I was going to be well liked by the community and I wasn't going to be associated with the town drunk. That, that was really my, Mm. my goal. Mm. And so the Lord through a series of events, I was going to go to Baylor, ended up at, at Midwestern, um, because their, their med school acceptance rate was really, really high and it was close to our town. And so, mm. so I was like, yeah, I could do that and still kind of be involved sort of at home and everything. And the day that I started school, mm. um, was August 30th, day before my birthday, uh, Scott and Jalen was my youth pastor who I lived with. I came back from super summer and moved in with them. Side note. And, um, some other things that happened at that point, the day that I started school, they moved to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And, and so that part of it was kind of swept out from underneath me. And so I was still committed, really good student, had a, a, uh, a academic advisor that saw everything that I did. My, my freshman year, I wrote this arrogant uh, English paper about how God controlled the, the outcome of baseball games. And, um, <laughs> and he, he just like crucified it. <laughs> like he was like, this is a hot trash. I'm not real good at English either. Uh, I don't even know if I said that sentence right, but <laughs> But Dr. Kate got that and he said, Hey, I saw that mm. you, you made a B minus on this paper. You have until eight o'clock tomorrow morning to, to get it turned in and, mm. uh, make it an A. And at that point I went, Oh, like I'm in this mm-hmm. deep accountability. 
I know why your acceptance rate to med school is so high now because there's a standard um, here. And and walked in that for three years while I was interning at a church, while we started a Bible study on campus, while we were traveling and leading worship and and all of those things. And and while I was doing ministry and being a good student, um, I also began this like contention of what forgiveness looked like. And because mm-hmm. I was chasing these things, I had this kind of a hatred for my mom. Um, and it was fueling my success in mm-hmm. medicine and my success in school and all of that. And God really broke that in me through a series of conversations and, and men wiser than me to the point where he was like, I need you to, I need you to forgive your mom. Mm. Um, and I need you to begin to pray blessings for your mother uh, without a relationship. She mm. left when I was 16 years old, uh, moved in with a guy, I didn't see her um, after that. For five years, I hadn't seen her. But while I was in college, junior year, just began to contend through that and, and wrestle with what that means and sitting at, sitting at my desk at First Baptist Wichita Falls in the hospital report came across and we would go through and look for, for students that were in the hospital to go visit because two blocks away from our office. Mm-hmm. And my mom's name was on the hospital report. Mm-hmm. And, and it was one of those, like I saw it and I was like, there's no shot that she's in this hospital here. Got up, walked, walked over to the hospital, sixth floor, walked into her room and she was laying on the hospital bed and I looked at her and I was like, Nope. Turned around and walked out mm-hmm. and I, I asked a nurse, I was like, Hey, I'm Linda's son. What, what's going on? She's like, well, she's, we're keeping her alive. She doesn't have very much longer to live. She's alcoholism has killed her. It's just cancer in her stomach. Her liver has stopped functioning. Um, and so I was able to kind of settle myself for a couple hours and went back in there and, and she couldn't talk at this point. And I just began, Hey, I, um, just need to speak with you or just need to share with you. Like God has really stirred my, my, my affections for you. I've been praying for you for the last couple of months, just praying forgiveness mm-hmm. over you. And, um, you know, like what our history is and you, leaving us and just not being a great mom. But, but I've learned like God gave you a title as, mm. as a mother, you and, and your sin didn't handle it very well, but he trusted you with it. And so with that, I just need to, I need to forgive you for that and, and share with you what mm. Christ has been doing in my life and, and was able to do that for five weeks. And then I uh, got a phone call from a uh, 940-888, which was Seymour, Texas mm. phone number, which is where I grew up and uh, answered it. And it was the, the doctor the doctor, the pastor uh, at Calvary Baptist Church in Seymour, Texas, was mm. nine years old is where I accepted Christ. Mm. And he said, hey, this is Reverend White, Calvary Baptist Seymour. I'm like, hey, he said, I just left the hospital room. Your, your grandmother said that your, uh, uh, your mom was there. So this is my stepdad when I first moved to Seymour. They were divorced at this point, but she was the one that helped lead me to the Lord. And, and so he, she sent them over there to talk to my mom. And she's like, I just want to let you know that your mom just accepted Christ and mm. you need to go see her. Mm. and was able to go and for four days just have a conversation. My mom said, I couldn't do this in front of you. Mm. I like you speaking forgiveness was big and it was a catalyst to this, but, mm. but I, I couldn't ask mm. Jesus into my life with you in the room. And, and I, mm. like, I totally understand that. Uh, but for four days we had conversations. She passed away just, you know, four days after she gave her life to, uh, to Jesus. And, um, like that story in and of itself is, is unbelievable and how yeah. God did all of that but came out of the other side of that. And, um, the things that I was running away from the Lord had kind of just destroyed in mm. me. Um, and so I, here I am senior year uh, pre-med and God was like, you're still like running. Mm. You, you need to really lay this stuff down. And so I went into, uh, went into, and this wasn't an audible, this was just from multiple people saying like, you see what you've done in college ministry here. You, you have a gift for this. Why aren't you serving the local church? And went into Dr. Kate's office and I said, Hey, um, I'm changing my major. And, and he was a chemistry guy. He was like, chemistry, math. I'm like, I said, no, I, I've looked at a couple of things. I think if I switch over to exercise science, um, then I can take some kinese classes and basically mm. be done, go bowling and some other things. And, uh, and, and he said, he said, so like PT, like what, what are you going to do with mm. this? And I said, I, uh, I think God's calling me into the ministry. He's like a, a pastor. I was like, yeah. yeah. And he leaned back in his chair and he goes, you know, you're throwing your life away. Mm. Mm. And, and I never like, I didn't have that thought, but when he said it, it's just like the Holy Spirit went, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. And I went mm. like, like, you're right. Yeah. And he was like, what? Yeah. I said, yeah, that, that, that's what I'm doing. Like I, uh, mm. I want God to ruin this for, for his glory. That's and good. he was peeved at that point. <laughs> Um, and that started, like, mm. it took a long time from my call to ministry at 16 to me making the commitment to change my major mm. um, at 21 for, for God to get that through my head. Mm. And there was a lot that had to happen um, during that season. 
And then I, I stepped out and I was like, okay, uh, look for a youth pastor job and got one pretty quick, a little small, 90 miles away from town, little small church, walked in, there were two kids there. I was like, hey guys, uh, um, did ministry in that small town. I went to a smaller town south of Tyler and then San Antonio and Sherman and then here. And the Lord is like, all of those spaces have been, has been like really clear and kind mm-hmm. and, and faithful to clearly guide next steps mm-hmm. as I contended um, with my calling. Yeah. And, and in that, like people have to hear this, like I continue to contend mm-hmm. with, with my calling, um, because he has given me a deep passion for the church. And, um, in all of that though, like I've learned that, and this is kind of that thing that I, I will challenge everybody in, uh, vocationally or not. Um, are you finding your sufficiency like only in Christ mm. and as vocational pastors is my all rooted in Christ, is my identity found in Christ? Am I getting my assurance from my relationship with Christ? Um, because every day uh, I, I will lay my head down and this thought will hit me that um, did I honor God with what I did today? Mm. Because I can, I can go through the spaces and go, no, 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 no. Um, and in, in all the decisions and opportunities he put before me, the number of places that I failed in that, um, then I, as I wrestle with that, then I go, my only hope is Christ in me mm, because good. left alone, like I'm going to ruin this. And every day I'll ruin parts of it, but I need him to, to speak more clearly through me so that, that I can honor him more and more. And when Christ becomes my assurance for, for everything, when Christ is my hope and he's my confidence, then I, then I will be more competent and more, um, committed to what ministry looks like yeah. um, in my life. And that has been learned in really, really hard ways, but I have to contend with it every day. My yeah. calling. That's good. Yeah. You got the long one. I'm sorry. That was, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I love it. Well, you're not going to share yours. You oh yeah. You kind of did a little bit, but yeah, I can do that. Uh, yeah. This won't be as long. How much time are we at right now? We're at 46. So okay. 47. Yeah. You're sitting back in your chair. You think it's going to be long? Come on. Uh, yeah. So, well, to give some background, I didn't become a believer until my junior year of high school. And so, um, you know, a lot of this um, has been a recent development. There hasn't been, you know, a lifelong being poured into and, and godly wisdom being um, spoken over me. But, um, God radically changed everything, uh, my junior year. And, um, I just fell in love with, uh, with the grace that is so freely available to us, um, without any works of the law, without, mm-hmm. um, striving and without, um, trying to achieve the next best, best thing, which I was so used to growing up. Um, and, um, it was just really sweet to, uh, and really humbling to give my life to Christ in my own room, watching a sermon on YouTube. Um, and so with that, like, I just, I loved technology growing up and it's just kind of sweet how that all kind of connects that, you know, technology brought about, um, in some fashion, uh, the availability to accept the gospel. But, um, obviously gave my life to Christ in the latter half of my high school career, came to college in the midst of COVID, um, and was sort of in a mindset. I was really, um, introverted. And so, um, Luckily for me, and this is a really bold statement, but uh, the Lord used COVID for me in a really sweet way um, that he just placed the thought in my head, like everyone's looking for a community when I came here to A&M freshman year, whether that be like Christian or not, Mm. um, everyone's looking for it. And so took a few steps of like, man, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. Uh, You sent out a mass text about uh, 127 at nine. I was like, this is the first person that's reached out. So I'm going to go do it. Um, And then, yeah. And then um, also the BSM was, I think I saw something on social media for that as well. And so those are the first two things that I did. Um, We started a freshman guys group here. uh, My first night, Sunday night in I just fell in, that's where I truly found community. Um, and through that group fell in love with service. Usually like, I guess going into my spring semester of freshman year, um, and did a lot of behind the scenes technology work, but, um, really was, was wrestling with, um, a call to ministry just because of how much I loved serving the body. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was something that like time flew by and, um, it grew my affections for Jesus and it, um, built about a community that I just loved. And so, going into that summer, it was like two weeks before summer started and an opportunity opened up back, um, at at a church back in my hometown, uh, accepted that and, um, told them the wrestle that I had. Um, 
and they were like, well, we hope that this internship is a great opportunity for you to, to walk through that, um, and to see where the Lord is leading you. Um, and I had a couple opportunities to teach and, uh, one of the pastors there was, was like, you know, I can't, can't tell you what God is doing in your life, but you have a gift in teaching. Um, mm-hmm. and so seek it out and see what the Lord does with that. Um, and came back sophomore year, um, and just had, had opportunities to step into leadership, um, in, in, in places of uh, ministry that, um, I think is, is set a foundation that the Lord is, is calling me into vocational ministry through, you know, opportunities to teach Sunday mornings, but more importantly, um, opportunities to step into relationships with students, um, and to get to speak life over them. Um, mm-hmm. and not just me over them, but the ways they speak over me as well, um, has been such a gift. Um, but that doesn't come with, uh, challenges. And like you were saying, wrestles, um, that entire year, uh, with me growing up, like just loving technology and loving serving behind the scenes. Like that was the wrestle for me was like, yeah. I know I'm called into this, but is it, you know, serving behind the scenes and having a behind the scenes job within ministry, or is it, um, leading people and shepherding people and, and teaching, uh, the word. And so, uh, that year was just a huge wrestle and, you know, made some uh, decisions that were like, meh, I don't know if I would do that again. Uh, but the Lord used him and, um, he's, he promises to do that. That he uses every situation uh, for his glory and for your good. And so, um, there was, there was a lot of sweet opportunities within that and affirmed that, you know, technology is great. I can serve in some of those capacities, but it's not where I have you. Um, and it's not where I want to plant you, um, within uh, my ministry. And so, uh, even today, like family's a big one. Um, like you were saying, like both of my parents are like, you're throwing your life away. What are you mm-hmm. doing? I gave a message a few weeks ago, Wednesday night. And during my message, I was getting texts from my mom. Like you're throwing your life away, your mm-hmm. life away. What are you doing? Um, and it was just a sweet moment of like, man, this is so ironic, yeah. uh, but also so sweet. And so, uh, my encouragement to the people listening is, is if you're even still struggling with it, like it's okay. And I think that's a sign that the Lord's doing something in your life. If you're just kind of like chilling, like, Call in the ministry, yeah. easy breezy. Then there may, I, I can't claim it, but uh, there may be something that's, you know, not there. And so that's kind of my call to ministry. Um, hoping to, mm-hmm. you know, find further opportunities to continue to step into leadership. Um, that's good, Zach. And even outside of, you know, positions or titles, just continue to do ministry. And so. That's good, Zach. That's it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's good, Zach. That's all we got, man. Call in the ministry. All of y'all are called. Every single one of y'all. Every one of you minister. Here jets go. Ministers of ministers. <laughs> that was like an hour ago that we said jet. That's that was crazy. a long time ago. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you made it Thanks. all the way. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, Probably next know. week. Next week on Thursday. It's gonna be a takeover. Somebody's taking over something. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Live from New York. Bye.